Welcome back to Mortuary Mayhem, a podcast by funeral service professionals for funeral service professionals, where any day above ground is a good one. Welcome back, folks. Um, I'm really hoping, I know this is around the holiday season, so I hope everybody is enjoying time with their families. Um, If that's possible, I know uh, for many of you, uh, especially in this industry, work is unfortunately uh, there and we serve our families, uh, you know, and we take we take great pride in that. So but I really hope that everyone is having a great holiday season. And for today, I wanted to talk about management. But what brought this up was actually uh, two games uh, that I found on my phone. I was just came to light that there was mortuary versions of these simulated games. And I remember back when I was much younger than I am today, um, <laughs> that I remember like Roller Toaster Tycoon and uh, some of these computer-based games and you paid, you know, a set fee. Uh, maybe that was your a gift for the holidays that you got from your family. And you got, you know, for the set fee, you could play as much as you wanted. You paid for expansion packs. You, you know, did Google searches or you know, Google's around back then. But you, you searched uh, the, you know, searched around for cheat codes to, you know, get whatever you wanted. And I kind of enjoyed those. I enjoyed those simulated games back then. Um, got a lot of, um, you know, that was how I spent a lot of my free time. So, when I saw this, I said, you know, this would be great. Let me let me look up some of these simulated games. Um, I heard there was mortuary versions of them. I started playing some ski resort ones and zoo ones and everything like that. So let me check this out. And I can't say that I'm as pleased with the current versions of these simulated games as I was maybe in the 90s, um, you know, in the early 2000s. I thought, Quite frankly, I think they were better back then. Maybe I'm biased. Maybe if I go, you know, if I downloaded some of these older games, uh, some of these vintage games, maybe I would have a different opinion today. But I, in comparison, uh, it's all about the ads, which is fine. That's you know, it made the game for free, so I'm no complaints there. Um, I think the ads are a little bit ridiculous, uh, some of them, so <laughs> I think that they could improve uh, the ad quality and the ad style, uh, but the, you know, and that's fine, so you watch your ads, whatever, you put them on the side, you wait, you get points, you do whatever you want, um, but I downloaded two, I found um, the one that came to mind was Idle Mortician, that's the one that people were talking about, so I downloaded that one, uh, and then on my own I found Mortician uh, Inc., so, I downloaded both of them. I have them side-by-side. Side. I'm actually playing them both side-by-side. Side. At the same time, I go between the two. Uh, but what came up, I talked. I said this is going to be about management. So, what I noticed was that it actually has two different management business models between these two games. And when I, you know, and again, I'm not, bias against one or the other. There's no, um, you know, I have no interest in either of these games. Uh, there's, there's no, um, you know, no disclaimers needed here. Uh, just playing two games, played for free, have not put a cent into them. I haven't paid for anything, um, at all between the two games. But for, 
Idol Mortician, um, Idol being the, for those that aren't familiar, Idol's a series of games, Idol Mortician, Idol Mind, Idol Ski Resort, Idol whatever, okay? Uh, and they have a uh, whole series of them. So, for the Idol game, um, I got to a certain point where all of a sudden you click the ads and they freeze your phone. Uh, you please the ad, but when it, but when you click to X out of it, or the ad either freezes, or when you go to click to X out of it at the end, so you can get your points, get your coins, get whatever you're gonna get. Uh, it doesn't allow you to click anything. It doesn't allow you to even get the game that you're getting advertised about. Uh, it doesn't let you to X out or anything. So I started searching. I did a quick web search and uh, found that that was actually common. Nobody mentioned it about the Idle Mortician, uh, probably because we're a small niche in. Uh, of people here, so the bigger group was some things about like the the idle mine and whatnot that did mention that this happens, and those were mentioned a very long time ago. Uh, so if it is a current glitch, uh, it's something that they've known about for a long time and something they haven't fixed. So that's a little concerning. So I don't know what what goes behind that, why it's freezing. Um, but obviously, I'm not the only one. It's not my phone. Uh, this is something that. Uh, that is common, apparently, with the idle games. But, unfortunately, without being able to watch those ads, you do get to a point where you can't get the coins. You get a few every day, but other than that, it's going to take forever uh, in order to do that. So you, you're kind of at a standstill uh, without the ability to uh, to do that without watching or without paying, uh, which is fine. I respect that people, you know, you pay the $15 you get without the ads. I respect that. Uh, but unfortunately, um, you know, given that the ads was an option, uh, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't allow. The ads are kind of not working. So, again, going between the two management uh, styles, the Idle Mortician is definitely more focused on a business that is not customer-focused. It's more business-focused, and, you know, it's definitely one of these tycoon, you know, how much money can I make out of the customer kind of mentalities um, that's driven here. Again, that is what a lot of these games, you know, if you no matter what, uh, tend to... Uh, tend to promote, you know, and that's all the simulations have always been like that, right? I remember Roller Coaster Tycoon was about, you know, charging people to even use the bathroom. Uh, I remember I always got a good laugh out of that. And then I went to Europe and found out they actually do charge people uh, to either use the bathroom or they sell you toilet paper on your way in um, in a lot of these European countries. So uh, that made a lot more sense when I traveled. But the... But I always thought that was funny as a child. So, the one thing I know is, again, it is it does have that heavy business focus. How much money can we get? What can we charge you for? We're nickel and diming you. Um, but that's only part of it. And it's, there's some things with, like, VIP. Um, so, these VIP limos pull up. These VIP helicopters pull up. You click on them. Again, it gives you an ad, or you can, you know, pay money. Um, or use diamonds that you accumulate, or... Again, pay money to get those diamonds, so that way you can um, you can get what the VIP brings. And I respect that's kind of cool. Brings in extra money. That's a that thing. I have no problem with that. I think that's I think that's great. You know, again, it, saying a high paying customer, uh, but you have to work to to get that. And I think that's a good business model. I don't 
Um, I have no quarrels with that. Um, you know, music in the chapel, you're clicking to, to get extra money um, from that. So you can consider that some type of donation or music fee, and there's some value to that. Um, you know, the graves turn over. So, you know, like any of these things, um, again, not something we do in the United States. We don't have the, the cemeteries don't turn over the graves. But, uh, again, if you do travel to some European or British companies, uh, uh, sorry, um, countries, uh, you'll find that that's more common where the graves are reused every couple of years. So um, there is, you know, that's not completely out of out of the question the way that they do that. Um, you know, you have parking. Okay, I can respect that. We pay to park. Um, you know, you gotta, like, I'm looking at the screen right now. I've got a line of cars. I've got a line of customers lining up. Um, and, you know, you pay for advertising. Okay, I can see value in that. I pay for the customer. I can see value, you know, value in that. I have to every so often, um, you know, click to get more customers. And... Uh, so these are all relative things, right? You build out, you build out your crematory, you build out your lounges, you build out your memorial rooms. Um, you have to pay staff. So you, you know, the more staff you have, the more efficient you are. The more embalmers you have, the more efficient you are. Uh, and you obviously pay lots of money to upgrade uh, each room. I think that there's a lot of value in that. Now, the same thing applies to Mortician Inc. Uh you have a funeral home, you're paying to build out. The more money you bring in, the more customers you bring in, the more you can build them out. So there's obviously very similar methods between this. And you're, you're paying, right? You have to wait till you have enough money. You have to wait till you have enough coins. You have to wait till you have enough whatever, uh, diamonds or, you know, things. Um, this, I find... Uh, has another factor, and it counts how many burials you do. Uh, the, the mortician ink uh, counts how many burials. So for every burial, you get so many things, and you can build certain areas, uh, certain rooms, certain whatever, once you get X amount of burials. And I thought that was kind of cool, that it's actually counting that um, and allows that, so it's not a just a monetary thing. It actually does have another factor involved in there. Uh and it actually has, um, they both have different worlds where you can travel. Um, Idle Mortician has where you can go to different seasons, uh, so you can earn to get to a certain point where you get to winter, spring, or fall. Uh, whereas Mortician Inc. has, uh, if you get to different levels, you could go to different countries or cities or whatnot. Um, right now, they're writing kind of a special thing where you're in a medieval world, um, where you go over there. Your, your regular game didn't, doesn't go anywhere. It's just paused for a couple days. I think it's, I think this is running for like three days. So, but it runs for those two or three days where you're um, in this medieval world and you're running a medieval mortuary, essentially. Um, obviously, definitely not historically accurate. Um, you know, if you know anything about funeral history. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of inaccuracies in how this is, but it's kind of fun. They got wagons picking up the bodies. They have, um, and these, and the difference is rather than just cars showing up and uh, like you're seeing with Idle Mortician where cars show, you know, these limo-like cars, there's unlimited amount that every time you click for a customer, one shows up, that um, they're just lined up and they're waiting there for the embalming 
uh, the embalmer to be ready, goes out with a cop, picks up the body, goes in, preps it. And, you know, it's just, it's really an assembly line kind of thing. Once they're done, the porters then go pick up, uh, are, are, you know, are waiting. Uh, you have to wait, you know, if they're overused, then you have to wait for them to have enough of a rest period. Uh, and then once they've rested enough, they go and they pick up, uh, they, you know, they casket the body and they bring it out and they're either going to the cemetery or they're going to the crematory next door. Crematory is also something that you built and that you're managing and maintaining. But the difference is uh, Mortician Inc., um, you're actually watching, it's it's just a little bit more creative where bodies are dying on the sidewalk. Uh, it, just another spin on it. Um, and then the, you know, hearse goes out and picks them up and eventually get to a point where now you're getting to pick up bodies from the hospital, which opens a another opportunity. Um, whereas Mortician Inc., basically the bodies are you know, these these wagons or these hearses are going out and picking up these bodies, bringing them back. Obviously, the people need a rest period, um, you know, that are picking them up. The, um, they put the body on a table. That body's available for when the embalmer is ready. When the embalmer is ready, the bo- you know, the embalmer goes out. Um, and then between each, so they embalm a body, and then instead of assembly lining this where they just keep constantly uh, working what they do is in mortician inc the embalmer um the hearse driver uh and everybody else that every time they pick up a body or every time they embalm a body um they then go and take a break so you have to build toilets they go and take that break there they go to um there's a lounge area, and there's a, a kitchen area. And you build these gradually, so eventually, you know, at first they're just working. Then once you're able to build a toilet, then they, you know, then they go take a turn at the toilet. They do, that does create a line after a while, so you want more and more toilets. Uh, eventually you build a lounge that gives them another place that they could go. And again, um, you know, having enough seats, having enough table space, having enough everything definitely keeps them moving faster um so that they get back to work but um you know and you can build like a chapel and you can build all of these different things rooms for the porters means that there's more porters to move uh bodies you know you buy cemetery both of them have place where you buy cemetery space and obviously you have to have a turnover there if you don't have enough space then um you know then you're going to need to build more or you're going to have to wait so the big difference is things that I noticed or things that get under my skin or whatnot between these when it does come to management style and what are we promoting comes down to, you know, maybe how this is portrayed. So Mortician Inc. I think does a really good job at portraying proper management. Uh, we're taking care of our employees, right? We bought, we, we, we have more employees. We give our employees more space to rest. Um, they both have that. They both have where you can, you know, for the porters, uh, that there's a place for them to rest and there's a, you know, they, they do get a rest period. Um, I, I respect that. Uh, so the, but Mortician Inc., I think, focuses a lot more time on rest. Um, that after every time they go to the bathroom, after every time they go to the kitchen, or they go to the lounge, or they go somewhere, um, that everybody does. Everybody gets a rest period at some point. And 
yes, by paying, you're not, you're, you're paying to increase the value of something, but you're not decreasing the, um, the time frame necessarily that it takes. Uh, whereas all the idle games tend to focus more on the more you pay, the more you can decrease their rest time. The more you take away that rest time, the more you make them work harder. Uh, and, you know, I mean, both of them are going to have where you can increase your profits. You're going to increase, and that's valuable, right? The more the more you build a company, the more you're worth, the more frills you have, the more, uh, you know, more the more services you're worth. Um, you know, you should get more money, and your services do cost more. Uh, in comparison to someone that hasn't put in that much money, um, and doesn't you know doesn't put on the show or doesn't have the uh, the frills or the value or the or the resources, so there's value to that. But as far as cutting into rest period, I think with these games it's better where it says, hey, look, your and I think Mortician Inc. does a good job at this is saying, you know, as a good man, what makes a good manager? A good manager is one that gives their employees enough rest where they feel valued. Um, and if your employees are overworked, that we're going to give you a, um, we're going to, we're going to employ more people. We're not going to have you working 90 hours a week. That's, that's considered two jobs at that point. That is, that means that you should have at least two people. Two people can work, still get overtime. It's still if you had 90 hours a week, then that means that's uh, two people working 45 hours. If you had 80 hours a week, then that's two people working 40 hours. So you're better off having, as a manager, you're better off having people work normal hours, see their family, um, value them. Because when somebody feels valued and not overused and overabused and underrested and all of that, and they don't have their family complaining. They go home. They spend time with their family. They tend to feel more valued. Um, and when I I talk to students, um, and a lot of them say, "Look, you know, I'll make ends meet." You know, and a lot of them say, "You know, they'll say, look, this place pays me more.'" And yes, that's definitely a value of how much you get paid. A lot of them will say, "Look, I need the overtime to uh, to pay," but a lot of those people leave. I don't see too many. They they for the short term they do talk about. Hey, I need the overtime to make ends meet. I know I was at that point once. You know, I need the overtime to make you know to make ends meet. I need, um, you know, I'm gonna put those hours in. Uh, and they put everything else aside. And I think sometimes as managers we see that and go, wow, they're willing to work. They're willing to do this. I don't need anybody else to do this. As a manager, one, you're paying more because if you are paying overtime. You know, you're paying this person time and a half for half of their work um, when you could be paying two people a normal wage. Uh, so, which also means you can pay them both more. So take the amount that you, that time and a half, that extra, um, that, that extra amount that you'd be paying one person, hire two people, have two people do the job, but then spread that half pay over both of their both of their payrolls um, to increase their overall wages and you're gonna have two very happy employees and um, 
rather than one miserable employee that's very happy in the short term. They're getting money, lots of money in the short term, uh, but then they're not going to last long. The time in this industry, and this is uh, well-studied, the ABFSC did research. I was on that research uh, committee for that. The NFDA did some research on this, and both groups came up with the same conclusion that there's that we already knew the the data that the average person does not last um, more than five years in this industry in the funeral industry. Uh, that's just the the nature of the beast. So how do we fix that problem? Uh, I'm gonna have a lot of people that say, "Not me. It's not gonna be me." And then you know, then it happens. But uh, how do we fix this problem? And I have a lot of ideas how we fix this problem, but. So ABFSE and the NFDA, both both groups came up with the same conclusion, that it was the workplace, maybe some workplace toxicity, but really it comes down to people not feeling valued. So how do we make our employees feel valued? Um, and it does come down to, again, a lot of them say, yes, I like the money, but if they have the job, at the end of the day, they will make ends meet. And... They will. They'll make ends meet. And if they're happy, they're going to dedicate their life. They're going to vow their lives to your company. Um, and simply because they're appreciated. Um, and they want to learn. They want to They want to grow in your company. They want to be given value in their company. They want to have a say in your company. Uh, and that's just what it comes down to. They want a voice. Uh, they, they want to feel valued. They want to feel like... You know, they're not pushed, you know, they, nobody wants to be pushed aside. Everyone wants to, when they're coming out, again, I talk to students uh, daily, but, you know, the one thing that they all come down to is they want to be taught. They want to learn the skilled parts of this job because that's what they went to school for. So what they want is, yes, they are going to clean toilets, they're going to mow the lawn, um... They're going to paint the fence. You know, when when things are quiet, we're going to do all of that. That's just the nature of the small funeral home and how the small funeral home has always operated, right? All hands on deck. Everybody does does everything. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's just the, that's how everything works. So those things, I mean, obviously, you know, if you have the staff and you have busy moments and you have slow moments, um, you do make it all work. But what they don't want is to be the only person doing those skills and they never get to see the inside of the prep room. They never get to see arrangements. They never, they're never on funerals in a capacity uh, that they get to learn, right? They may be in a capacity. They get to go to the graveside. They get to do things. They get to shuffle people around. But they're quickly if they're quickly sent to do non-skilled work and... They never get to be the one to speak. They never get to be the one to in the driver's seat uh, within that gray area that they're allowed to be. And again, we have to be, we can't be scared. I know the laws, you know, do have gray areas, and the and the laws do have, um, you know, very, you know, things that they just can't do. But we have to work within those confines to say this is what you're allowed to do under supervision. And let's focus our apprenticeship system on fixing 
you know, teaching them, we can fix the problems that we're seeing with um, in the prep room. We can have much better bodies. We with how we service family, we can do a much better job if we're training our employees to do a great job. Um, and I know we have a golden standard. We have some amazing firms out there that do exactly that. And I want to commend those that really do that. But we do need to work together. I know not everyone's got an educational mind. Um, and it does become this business mind of, hey, look, I'm the one the licensed. I need these other things done. You're free to do those things where, as I'm going to do these skilled items. And I understand that. But when the time allows, when the opportunity allows, it's very important to bring your apprentices into that prep room, into that arrangement room. And I know you don't always have the time. You have a lot of things to do and you're short-staffed. You're going to have them do, you know, what needs to be done when you divide and conquer. But bringing them in means that you now have an employee that understands, that can do, that can help you. And... When you're when you do have multiple families, they can be there to help you. When you have multiple decedents, they can be there to help you um, because they understood because you were you were teaching them. Um, and I do have a lot grand, more grand ideas on how to restructure uh, the apprenticeship system. Um, I'm sure at some point I'll you know do a whole podcast on just that, but. The, you know, and I am working on, you know, typing out some of these things, but part of this is, again, the mentality of, you know, where do we put our focus, okay? You know, how do we, how do we treat our employees correctly? Um, And you will get a lot more out of them. So looking at these games, again, I'm going back to that, is, again, Mortician Inc. uh, does put a lot more focus on that, a lot more focus on the people, how do we, you know, keep everyone happy. I think, I think it's a good model. Um, And then, Again, the idle mortician does put a lot more focus on the business model, which is not unexpected because that's the whole nature of these tycoon-type games. Uh, one thing that got under my skin, though, is in the embalming, in the prep room, um, on idle mortician, that is, uh, they have, they have like, jewelry and crowns. And, I mean, obviously the game, so you get some creative things. But, you know, necklaces and you know, golden pipes and all of these things that pop up that you click on them and you get money for them, which is basically implying that we're pawning off items um, that we find. And I, you know, just being a uh, embalmer myself, uh, that kind of got under my skin just to see that implied. Um, I understand it's a tycoon game. You're trying to make as much money as you can, and they're going to find any way to do that. But anybody that's not in the industry that's playing something like this... um, you know, again, I know we all worry about perception as to what do people think, and do people think that that's what we're actually doing, or that we actually pawning off people's, you know, items. So uh, that 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 got under my skin a little bit. But other um, than that, I think they're both great games. Again, it would be better if the ads on Idle Mortician worked, um, and that you could actually move forward in the game. But um, I already mentioned that. Uh, and looking at just the structure, again, Mortician Inc. does focus on more, like, lounge and comfortable setting looks for their employees versus Idle Mortician definitely has more of an assembly line where all the porters are just, you know, all your, basically all your funeral assistants are just lined up on benches, um, you know, getting a quick rest and then moving on. And, again, the more you pay, the shorter you can, you can, more you can shorten their 
uh, their rest period. You could give diamonds and, you know, repay money and pretty much eliminate their rest periods. So, um, <clears throat> again, maybe not the best, uh, you know, definitely fits a model that many people follow, um, but it may not be the one that I'd want to broadcast or portray as the most efficient or the one that's going to move us forward. Um, you can push your employees to the edge, but eventually they leave um, and they don't uh, they don't come back. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of people that are left the funeral industry entirely uh, simply because, you know, to their employer they looked happy, but um, in reality they were... Uh, um, they weren't feeling appreciated because they didn't learn the skills. They went, then they got licensed and they realized how much they didn't learn. So again, those, I've noticed that those that tend to tell me how much they're learning and they're tell, they're saying, you know, Hey, look, I'm in the prep room. I'm in the arrangement room. I'm learning these skills every day. Um, and this is the apprentices that tend to last the longest um, tend to make it past the five years continuing this industry. Not all of them, but the majority of them uh, tell me throughout their schooling how well they feel appreciated, how their boss uh, will give them a bonus when their boss goes on vacation, um, you know, just to thank them for picking up the extra slack. They tell me how, um, you know, how they're getting experience and how they're seeing and doing and they're getting hands-on um, you know, when an urn needs to go to the cemetery, they get to bring the urn. You know, again, gray areas. They don't, you know, they're not doing a procession. They don't have a real body. But they get to, you know, talk to the families, again, within reason, within, you know, the confines of what the licensure allows. But that their boss is not afraid to get them involved. Um, their boss, you know, gives them a voice. Their boss listens to them. Their boss wants to hear what they have to say. And... You know, that's, that speaks volumes for, um, you know, appreciation, feeling like you have a part in the business. And, you know, it's the same thing. I was just watching, I've been watching Six Feet Under, you know, believe it or not, I have not seen that yet. Uh, but, you know, everyone always talked about it. They always reference it. Uh, I have the DVD sitting in my office, actually, um, and I never did it, but I'm now watching it on Netflix, um, despite having the DVDs, because now I don't have a DVD player. But <laughs> the um, go figure, right? Uh, but after all these years, I looked and said, why am I going to watch this? You know, I I used to watch, you know, I'd, I'd be, you know, be in the room with people watching, like, Grey's Anatomy and ER, and ER wasn't bad, uh, but things like Grey's Anatomy and some of these others were would make me cringe because I would be, I'd spend the entire time criticizing the inaccuracies um, that were behind some of these shows. You know, having worked with the living prior to the dead, um, I would, um, I would, you know, in, you know, my father does the same thing, right? And we drive people nuts. People are like, will you just stop, you know, criticizing everything and just let me watch and enjoy my show? And so I was like, you know, I'm not going to watch this because this is what I do for a living. Why am I going to watch something that I do for a living? Because it's going gonna, it's gonna to get under my skin. I'm going to be cringing. I'm going to be criticizing the inaccuracies. And, you know, I did watch, I, I, you know, I'm not fully over the seasons. I think I'm in season two. Um, but, you know, and yes, I do pick up on a few inaccuracies here and there. Uh, but for the most part, I have to commend it. It's a really good show. Um, but the... You know, Embalmer is constantly trying to say, look, I'm doing all this work. Can I be a partner? 
and you can see his demeanor change when he when he gets turned down for that. And, you know, it is a family business. His name is not, you know, part of that. He is an employee, um, and you do have to respect that. But being able to have a say or having a buy-in uh, definitely gives people, you know, value. And uh, being heard, uh, you know, I've seen a lot of employ um, employment settings where, you know, you may have a great idea and, you know, you're basically told, you know, to stay in your place and, you know, guess what? Um, you know, listen to your employees because that is where your value is going to come from. Your employees are going to have, are going to see things on the front lines that you may not see. Uh, and especially if you've been doing this generationally or you've been around for a while and all you're seeing is the way that one place does it. A lot of times your apprentices have had to do the schooling has had to go to other places for uh, clinicals um, or they are talking to their fellow classmates. They're seeing what their classmates do. They're coming up with ideas during class. It's, it's safe to say, hey, you know, what are you guys learning? Hey, look, we have this difficult case. Did you learn how to do this in class? Because you know what? Your employee, don't say, look, I've been doing this for 30 years. I know what I'm doing. You learn from me. That's not the way to go about this. Do not do that. Listen and just say, have you learned how to do this? Have the professors taught you how to do this difficult type of case yet? Um, ask them because you'd be amazed what they might tell you. They might say, oh, well, we learned this, this, and this. And you say, well, yeah, it's great. Let's try that because I didn't hear about that, but let's try that and see if it works. Or you can say, um, yeah, that's similar to what I'm doing. Um, so let's, you know, let me show you our method. Uh, and, you know, if it's something you can do twice, you know, then let's, you know, let's test something out, right? Let's try your method on the left leg and try my method on the right leg. And, um, you know, and I'll show, I'll show you how I do mine and you can show me how you, how, you know, your method as well. And, um, you know what, you may learn something. It's amazing. You might actually learn something from this experience rather than never letting the newer methods enter your prep room or enter your facility because that's just the way you've always done it. That's a very dangerous word to ever say. But, you know, listening and hearing what your, you know, these students are learning new things. They're learning new techniques. You know, uh, that's a great way to, you know, to refresh your uh, skill set by, by asking and learning what the newest techniques are out there um, and uh, deciding if you want to introduce them into your prep room now. You don't have to, but you know, it doesn't hurt to, to see what they're, what they're learning and, um, you know, give them a shot at uh, testing out because they're learning a lot of it, you know, through lecture. Um, so giving them the opportunity to test it and see if it works and see how it works and experience that. And then you get to see it as well. And if you don't like it, you know, that's, you know, not a problem. Um, you know, and we would encourage you if you do have a better method, you know, bring that to your local colleges and show them and say, Hey, look, I have a, you know, I have a better method. Don't say that this is the only method, but bring it to the colleges and say, look, I learned that, you know, your students learned learning this method. We tried it. Um, and, uh, the, um, uh, you know, but can, you know, can I show you or explain my method, um, and, you know, and see what you like about that. Uh, there's no harm in that. And, you know, and then you can decide, you know, if maybe your, maybe the method that was taught was, 
implement it correctly, or maybe the student, you know, may or may not have had all the information, and maybe it wasn't implemented, that's why it didn't work. So, you know, again, talk to the professors and say, hey, you know, how, how let's show how this was. I have a lot of students that have gone out and um, taken the methods that I've taught in the classroom, and then they, during lecture, hey, look, we tried that last week. You know, we had a body that was a demodus, and we tried your method, and it was amazing. It worked, or hey, we did this, but it dehydrated her too much. You know, I think for the amount of edema, we used too much, you know, Epsom salt or whatever the case may be. And, you know, we learned, you know, we played with it and we learned that we're going to use less. Or, hey, you know, my father went to a, a seminar and they said to use this much Epsom salt. But we're realizing that was for extreme edema. That wasn't for, um, you know, maybe this minor edema that we were that we were facing. Uh, but luckily, you know, nobody saw her, you know, saw her legs and we were able to, you know, fix fix that through other means um, that we were able to reverse our effects or whatnot. So, you know, these are great, great methods. Uh, if you have any other games out there, if you have any other management uh, techniques that you find important, uh, again, I'd love to hear them. Um, send them to podcast at mortuarymayhem.com. Uh, and uh, maybe we'll get you on the air to talk about them. We love to have, uh, we always love to have guests on the show. And um, come on, come on the show and talk about your methods on anything, really. Management, embalming, funeral directing, uh, pre-needs, we'd love to hear it all. Um, you know, we need some bereavement folks out there. Again, let me know and we'll get you on the show. Till next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mortuary Mayhem. For links to information discussed during this episode, please visit the website at www.mortuarymayhem.com. Do you have questions, comments, suggestions for topics, or want to be a guest on the show? Email us at podcast at mortuarymayhem.com. We should do this again sometime. <laughs>